0: Welcome to the Avenging Hour, I'm Jason I'm John This is episode 10 Uh, Today we're going to talk about issues 19 and 20 But before we get to that Previously on the Avenging Hour I actually wrote Welcome back to the Avenging Hour (laughs) Quick recap of last episode For those of you who hope to forget it Basically the new team members meld off a lot they fought two ridiculous monsters, one of them was a robot, one of them wasn't, and you'll never hear of either of them again, and here we are. <laughs> That's my recap. <laughs> hey, these,
1: these issues, the recap doesn't need to be that uh, that extensive. Well,
0: Those two issues, no, there's really not anything else to say.
1: We're going to start with issue number 19, Avengers number 19 from August of 1965, called The Coming of the Swordsman. Ooh. Stanley and Don Heck are still at it. Here we go. In the dark of night, a character wielding a sword swashes through the night, dreaming of becoming an Avenger. After all with an Avengers ID card he'll be able to do anything he wants. He breaks into Avengers HQ. Actually, it seems like the Avengers still don't lock or even shut their doors as the swordsman simply strolls into their mansion. Luckily, Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch are at home and bored, and they rush to confront the intruder. There's a fight between the three of them, which the mutant siblings win, just as Captain America comes barreling into the room. During their fight, the sword-wielding wastrel had mentioned his name, the swordsman, and his business joining the team. Cap does a quick Google search on their unconscious guest, using their microtape identity file. And finds a laundry list of nefarious deeds. Before the Avengers can do anything else, however, the swordsman recovers, cuts the power, and escapes. With the excitement over, Cap gives the twins a chance to catch the swordsman. Spoiler alert, they don't. And they run off while he resumes his training. Soon, Hawkeye stops by and Cap gives him a briefing on their guest from earlier. Hawkeye is shocked to hear that the swordsman was at the mansion and ushers us into a flashback. <laughs> Hawkeye regales Cap and the reader with the story of his youth as an orphan when he hung around circuses and carnivals. It was at one of these where he met the swordsman who taught Hawkeye the bow and arrow. Anywho, things were going swimmingly until Hawkeye caught his mentor counting some loot he had stolen. The swordsman tried to get Hawkeye to join him in a life of crime but Hawkeye refused and fled from him. Hawkeye ran up to the high wire and engaged in a short fight with the swordsman but the fight was cut short when the swordsman merely cut the wire, plunging Hawkeye to the floor of the big top. The swordsman left and the two had not crossed paths since. Meanwhile, back in the present, we find some HYDRA agents watching Nick Fury's office in Washington, D.C. They see a letter on his desk and use a displacer ray to teleport the letter to their evil little hands. The letter is the same one Cap wrote to Fury a few issues ago asking for a job. HYDRA doesn't care about the letter as it does nothing to help them destroy Fury and they throw it out the window where it's found by a common crook. When the crook heads to a nearby bar to play cards with some equally shady friends, they inform him that the swordsman is offering a thousand dollars to anyone who can give him a lead on how to trap an Avenger. Our crooked friend thinks the letter he found might be just what the ethically challenged mercenary ordered, so he takes this information to the swordsman who thinks he can use it to dream up a plan. The next day, we find an elated Captain America, who's just received a letter from Fury offering him a job. The other three Avengers aren't sure why Cap needs a job outside the team, but he tells them to mind their own business. That night, when Hawkeye is out catching some common thieves by himself, he happens to nab the one who had given the swordsman the letter. The rat immediately tells Hawkeye what he did, and Hawkeye realizes that the letter Cap got that morning must be a fake, and that the living legend is walking into a trap. Hawkeye hurries back to the mansion to collect Silver and the Scarlet Witch and the three rush off to find Cap. Cap is currently in an old warehouse, where the letter told him to meet Fury. He's barely in the door before the swordsman attacks and a fight breaks out. Eventually the swordsman beats Cap by dropping some old crates on top of him and he quickly ties up his captive. He then drags the bound Cap to the roof of the building to wait for the rest of the team. The rest of the Avengers have just arrived and the swordsman tells them that if they don't make him not just a member, but the leader of the Avengers, he'll push Cap off the roof. Cap says not to bow to his demands, but the other three seem unsure. The decision out of their hands, Cap jumps off the roof while his horrified teammates look on. To be continued. Mm (laughs) Same role called Captain America, Hawkeye, Quicksilver, and Scarlet Witch. Our villain here is the Swordsman, who has no background before this issue. This is his first appearance. And it is the... We do get a, one little supporting... We get one little cameo from Agents of Hydra. Hydra first appeared in Strange Tales uh, number 135. Uh, really? We're going to do Hydra? We are. That was July <laughs> July of 1965, so that was just um, the month before this came out. Because remember, Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. had just the month before gotten a slot in Strange Tales. So their first time... first Hydra the first time Hydra showed up.
0: It's funny. Don't they make some comment in this issue though that they've been watching him for months or something? Yes. (laughs) And by months we mean, you know, that other issue.
1: Most of us know Hydra because the Marvel Cinematic Universe seems to want to make Hydra a big deal. They were apparently the big force in World War II that pushed the Nazis. Um, in fact, if you watch the Avengers cartoon, there were no Nazis. It was all HYDRA yeah. that caused World War II. But at this point in time in the comics universe, HYDRA is not a big deal. They are a very simple spy organization on a par with S.H.I.E.L.D. They're, they're an evil S.H.I.E.L.D. That's all they are. There's Eventually, they will be run by a, a lot of ex Nazis and such. None of that stuff yet. They're currently run by a guy named Arnold Brown. Yeah, um, they're
0: basically a James Bond villain group. Like they have a base in a volcano or something. Like that.
1: Exactly, and they're really not important to the story here. I'm not sure when we'll see Hydra or if we ever really see Hydra as a big Avengers threat. Right? I like thought said we, in the
0: cartoons they are the big threat.
1: But I thought we should mention them since they do show up. And this is our first real cliffhanger. In in issue 15, we had plot threads that were not resolved with most of the Avengers facing off against most of the Masters of Evil. But this is the first actual cliffhanger where this issue ends with Captain America falling to his death.
0: Uh, This is the first issue, we'll start with the cover, this is the first issue that is branded as a Marvel pop art production. Uh, Oh, the the pop art art Uh, It's explained, I think, in the letters Letter's page page. at the end where he talks about how you know DC Comics calls themselves a the DC comics group and they were called the Marvel Comics group and people couldn't differentiate. so they wanted to talk about how cool their art is.
1: Well, that's that's the other thing is Stanley felt that you know, at this point in time they'd begun to see that they had some older people reading their comics. We've talked about letters from Longshoremen, from people in the military, from college students. So Marvel thought that they wouldn't want to read comic books. So these are no longer comic books. They are pop art
0: books. That's nice. We want to limit our audience as much as possible.
1: Uh, Pop art was a British mid-50s art movement that didn't come to America until the late 50s, early 60s. You have notes on pop art? (laughs) So on. (laughs) Uh, The the most famous American... Andy Warhol. Yeah. The the most famous American artist that, that did a lot of pop art was certainly Andy Warhol. But it's interesting because I think it's partly them trying to, again, make sure that older people feel that they can read their comics. And, of course, kids don't care what it says, if it says pop art on the cover. And I also think it's um, Stanley's attempt to jump onto a fad, as usual in comics, five or six years later than everyone else did.
0: Yeah, and I don't really think of any of this as pop art until, uh, you know, Jim Steranko was doing S.H.I.E.L.D. That's about as pop art as Marvel gets.
1: There's no pop And that is kind of pop pop art-y. Yeah. But there's no pop art in the Avengers. The Avengers will never be pop art. Uh,
0: on the first page, first appearance of the swordsman, and he is already successfully breaking into Avengers Mansion, as you mentioned. It seems to be a thing. Villains just walk in off the street, <laughs> villains break into the place, robots crash through walls.
1: Well, and I'm not sure what the swordsman's doing, how he's doing that. It looks to me like he jumps to the Avengers' roof from an adjoining roof and lands on his sword
0: tip. Yeah, it looks like he's using his sword like Thor uses his hammer. Like he threw the sword forward to make him launch off the rooftop.
1: And I think this is really important to note for this issue. As of this issue, the swordsman has no powers. Right, he's just a guy with sword. He's just a guy with a normal sword. Probably a Nice sword. But it's just a normal sword. It's probably a nice sword.
0: Maybe <laughs> his mom got it for him for his birthday. She put a little bit of extra into it. He was a good kid. <laughs>
1: but he, he uses it like he's got some kind of spinning like a propeller and stuff. Yeah. How, do, how does he do that? We, uh, without yeah. breaking his wrist? I, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And uh, how many people know, because his reason for coming to Avengers headquarters is because if he has an Avengers ID card, he can do whatever. How many people at this point in time, I guess that's common knowledge that the Avengers get ID cards and that they get special privileges. Really?
0: Well, the media seems to know every time the Avengers are doing something, so who, true. who knows? Press releases galore. Like you pointed out in your synopsis, the Avengers have a basement computer or a, a microtape file or something they call it that evidently holds files on every bad person in the world. I didn't think that was possible in 1965, but yeah, no, kudos to it. them. Tony, that's, that's some solid Tony Stark money there. This is the first of many tellings of Hawkeye's origin. I believe the next one includes his previously unmentioned brother. Um, then there's another one with that's the second mentor, trick Show then if I'm not mistaken his brother actually is trick shot and then there's that one where he was born in a volcano and raised by falcons and then no that's not a raised by falcons Hawkeye's
1: origin what? yeah Hawkeye's, Sam Wilson raise Hawkeye Hawkeye's origin is told over and over and over again and, and the biggest problem with the, with his origin in this issue and it's something we'll come back to again and again is that Hawkeye is taught to be a master archer by someone who we never see pick up a bow and arrow yeah. but who's a really good with the sword
0: I think and, that's why they ended up writing the whole trick shot thing into it later
1: yeah they'll eventually introduce End of a character who actually knows how to use a bow and arrow to introduce or to explain how Hawkeye knows archery. Most of my notes about this issue have to do with things about the team, which we can discuss them when we discuss the team. But there are two big points I want to bring up. The first big point is this is one of those issues where time and space mean nothing to Stanley. The letter that Cap sends to Nick Fury that the Hydra agents get is in Washington, D.C. And it is found by a crook in Washington, D.C. That crook is in New York City. I didn't didn't even think about that.
0: Or or if he wasn't then the swordsman was in D.C. Then the swordsman was in D.C. I also would like to say that Cap sent that, that that letter to Nick Fury at the Pentagon, and that is clearly not the Pentagon no. that, they are, that they are poking
1: in, in the window at. Yeah, it's a good point. We have we have a couple of options here. We know for a fact, because the comic tells us, that the crook finds a letter in D.C. Right. So either the crooks in D.C. have already heard about the swordsman's offer, and maybe the swordsman is there, which or, doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's possible.
0: Or maybe, well, the thief's name is Blackie, so let's call him Blackie. Maybe Blackie was at this poker game at night, and when he found out about this thing, he got his car and drove up to New York. Well, here's he the, the thing. Swordsman? the
1: swordsman? The crook meets with the swordsman, according to the narration, minutes later. Oh,
0: yeah, that's a problem. So
1: if that means that the swordsman came to D.C., or Blackie telepathically? teleported to New York because then Captain America gets the letter the fake letter from Nick Fury the next morning so this is incredibly condensed where this letter and this information somehow gets from and then the crook must be in New York City because Hawkeye captures him in New York City that same night he captures Blackie that same night
0: maybe Blackie used uh, Hydra's um, (laughs) displacer ray (laughs) That evidently can move one thing to another place. Yeah, there's no... I, I didn't even think about that stuff. It just that makes, makes no sense. It makes sense. no sense.
1: Somehow, Blackie... So, Blackie must be the one... It must be Blackie going from Washington, D.C. to New York City. Since we know he's there when Hawkeye captures him, I don't know how he gets there that quickly. Yeah, I had just written down that there is a weird series of coincidences here that set well, this whole there's, plot motion. I didn't sure even think about too. the
0: timing. You go from Hydra stealing the letter that Cap wrote to Nick, and then they toss it out the window where Blackie, the small-time crook guy finds it, talks about it at a poker game, and then hands it over to the swordsman, who uses the info to lure Cap into an elaborate trap, and then Hawkeye happens to catch that same crook, Blackie, during a robbery, and he tells Hawkeye about the letter, and then Hawkeye tells the rest of the team, and they go to help Cap. Really? This yeah. whole plot revolves around that letter that the, the, the unmasked tiger guy who looks like a young Dennis Farina found? I <laughs> The only other thing, do you have more
1: notes on the issue?
0: Uh The only other note I had was the, the tracer beam. Of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, evidently Captain America wears a has a tracer beam in his shield or in his, in his belt. His belt so we can be tracked. Yeah, we didn't know about that. It's not a bad
1: idea. We gotta put that on the list of things we know about the Avengers. <laughs> I, that, yeah. The only other thing I want to talk about is the swordsman himself. I find the swordsman to be a really interesting character morally. This issue goes out of its way to try to make him a bad guy, but not that bad. When he's first fighting the Avengers, the, well, when he's first finding Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch, when he breaks into their headquarters, he throws his sword like a propeller at Quicksilver, but tells Quicksilver to duck. He's like, don't
0: let it hit you. I just threw it at you, but Don't let it hit you. And doesn't he take Quicksilver out by hitting him with with the flat of his blade? Yes, he hits him with the
1: flat of his blade.
0: And he tells Scarlet Witch, don't make me hurt you or something like that.
1: And when Captain America pulls up his record, it never mentions that he's been convicted of any crimes. All it mentions is that... (laughs) He's been exiled. He's been exiled. From a dozen countries. We don't know why. We don't know know anything. But they very much stay away from making him they, they make sure that he is redeemable they keep him redeemable and it seems purposeful to me because they don't have a problem with their villains doing bad things necessarily trying to kill people yeah. uh, and even at the end when Captain America jumps off the building to prevent the swordsman from using him as a hostage the swordsman's like no you fool like he doesn't really want to kill Cap. So I don't know. I just think it's interesting. I just think they, they're they're keeping the swordsman on a on a moral tightrope. Really
0: convoluted plan to try and get membership. I mean, sure, Hawkeye tied up. Tony starts Butler. But this guy's gonna try and walk Cap off the plank.
1: Uh, he really is walking him off the plank, isn't it? Uh, so you have nothing else?
0: I, I like I like the fact that Cap was suspicious about Tony or uh, Nick Fury offering him a job, and he has to go have an interview at some random warehouse. Yeah, right. <laughs> this seems strange. I mean, I don't know. I don't have
1: There's idea. one thing I want to. There's two things I want to on the letters page. The first thing I want to mention on the letters page is that there's a letter here from Carrie Burkett. Kerry Burkett's name may not be immediately familiar to you, but he is a writer who wrote for DC a lot in the 1970s. He is the creator of the character Nemesis. Familiar with Nemesis? He was in the Suicide Squad. Basically, he's like a super spy that is a master of disguise. He wrote a lot of Brave and the Bold. He wrote a lot of detective comics. He wrote a lot of World's Finest. He did write a few Marvels here and there. I think the longest, the most issues of anything he wrote was Marvel Team Up. I think he wrote like five or six issues of Marvel Team Up. And he actually, this will be interesting only to people that know us or are in our area, he moved to Pennsylvania and is a radio broadcaster for WITF FM in Harrisburg. Really? Yeah, he hosts like a show. Currently? Yeah. He okay. hosts a show called Classical Air.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: So, just interesting. He is a comics professional, even if he's not doing comics at the moment. Again, I I, I recognized his name from, again, a lot of 70s comics. And they mentioned that there is going to be no Avengers annual this year. They're doing annuals for a lot of their books, but they say they don't have time to do one for the Avengers. (laughs) Stan can't stretch a story out that far. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's even more pages. (laughs) My MVP this issue is Cap, because I I really like the end of this issue where Cap, unwilling to be used as a hostage or a bargaining chip, throws himself... Rolls off of this plank. Whatever. I was going to make Swordsman the MVP because he's the most interesting character in the book. I like that about. I think that's that's. I thought that was a really interesting thing for Cap to do. Sure. I mean, it's a shame because he, of course, hits the ground and dies after this issue, and we never see him again. Yeah, sad. But I thought it was. I thought that's what makes it even more brave. The useless character for me this 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 issue is Hawkeye. No. Who does Hawkeye doesn't get to fight anybody. (laughs) It's Scarlet Witch. It Doesn't matter. It's Scarlet Witch. Hawkeye fights Blackie. That's all he gets.
0: Well, he does something. What does Scarlet Witch do? She fights the Swordsman swordsman doesn't even let her. Or does she blow... What does she do? Ooh, I forgot to keep track. What does she do this issue? She blows up a... She uh, blew up a panel on a machine. Yeah. No, we've seen that already.
1: Is this an Avengers-level threat?
0: Man, that's tough. It's this tough. issue, In this issue, no. No, no, no. this
1: is not an Avengers-level threat. It's a guy with a sword. It's a Captain America threat, basically. Yes. It's like a single-person single, single person threat. Any one of these people could fight the swordsman. Yeah. Uh, what would you
0: final grade? Um, i I'd give it a C-plus, It's Not bad, though. i gave it a C. It's average.
1: Yeah, pretty much. All right, that's <laughs> I mean, it. I mean, compared else. to the last episode. Yeah, it? it's great. There's, nerd, like there's no communists in it, so I'm happy.
0: Uh, issue 20. This one is called Vengeance is Ours. Uh, Stanley wrote Don Heck did pencils but it's actually inked by Wally Wood which I thought was kind of interesting I don't have I don't have a write up on Wally Wood I wasn't
1: we never talk about the inkers but Wally Wood famous penciler and inker from the 50s and 60s Probably best known for full DC stuff, huh? Actually, probably best known for creating Thunder Agents and DC no, they weren't DC at the time. No, they are now right? They were, yeah, they, they are now. DC, well, like DC, is known for buying the <laughs> failed comic companies, <laughs> uh, but that's probably what he's best known for. In Marvel, he did uh, some Daredevil, a couple issues of Daredevil. Yeah. yeah, he did, but I don't think he did a lot of other stuff. For, for he was, uh, wasn't he, a bit of a drinker? Mm. and he have some problems with him? The... Yeah, it wasn't everybody oh, yeah. in those days? Yeah, all right then. Anyway, <clears throat>
0: issue twenty, vengeance is ours. I'm gonna do that again Issue 20 Vengeance is ours Take 3 <laughs> Issue 20 Vengeance is ours uh, We pick up from last issue As Captain America Has leapt to his death To save his teammates From the overwhelming um, Power of the um, uh, Swordsman Yeah But wait It was all a set up One of Marvel's Mainstay characters Wasn't actually going To commit suicide And rob the company Of all those sweet Corporate licensing profits Of course It might have been nice If he told his team members About it Maybe called out to them To initiate plan Q Or whatever letter We're up to Instead Instead Cap just kinda guessed that the other Avengers, who have done nothing but complain about him and angle for his leadership role, would jump at the chance to actually save him. Turns out he guessed right. Quicksilver, Hawkeye, and Scarlet Witch whip up a Rube Goldberg machine of construction site coincidences that even Mr. Magoo would be proud to survive. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's actually a pretty cool action sequence. At least until the part where Scarlet Witch's hex power pops rivets out of a steel girder for some reason. Um, After the rescue, the Avengers regroup and use their newfound sense of teamwork to counter the swordsman's attacks and following two pages of thrusts and parries, surround him atop the building. But before they can close in and capture him, the swordsman simply vanishes. While Hawkeye and Quicksilver argue with Cap over whose fault it is that the swordsman got away, the reader is whisked away to a vaguely Asian castle-temple thing, where swordsman wanders around explaining the scenery in his thoughts. He steps into some sort of throne room and discovers the Mandarin. Wait, isn't he an Iron Man villain? Did he not get the memo that Tony left the team? Nope. It turns out he did. Mandarin launches into his dastardly plan, where he tells Swordsman that he wants him to infiltrate the team, just in case Iron Man comes back, and then he can destroy him. It's the most proactive evil plan I've ever heard. A real (laughs) forward thinker, that Mandarin. When the Mandarin demands that Swordsman turn over his weapon so he can make some modifications to it, Swordsman refuses and is put in his place. And speaking of being put in their place... Nice segue Cap and Hawkeye are still going at it Back at HQ Over who should be the boss That Hawkeye is a real hothead And speaking of hotheads Another great segue Quicksilver wants a piece of the whining too He challenges Hawkeye to a race His speed against Hawkeye's arrow Quicksilver wins Which proves absolutely nothing And solves absolutely no problems Meanwhile Swordsman is doing push-ups And saying racist things to Mandarin Nevertheless Mandarin shows Swordsman The tricky bits he's added to his sword Ooh lightning And then takes him on a home tour or to the spare bedroom where he keeps his matter recreator this machine creates perfect duplicates of people making it oddly similar to Kang's atomic duplicator and that human mimeograph contraption that Count Nefaria used pretty sure all the supervillains shop out of the same evil William Sonoma catalog Mandy can I call him Mandy whips up a copy of no. Iron Man projects the image into Avengers HQ where every single member of the team expresses their doubts that the image is the real thing yet readily agrees to let the swordsman join the team after ghost Iron Man insists upon it Mandarin zaps swordsman back to the the city, where he proceeds to pick the Avengers mansion lock with his sword and let himself in. Captain America immediately welcomes him to the team without so much as a hazing, head shaving, or ceremonial pantsing Once inside, Swordsman plants a bomb on a control panel and calls it a night. Then, either during a really weird wet dream or a creepy breaking and entering, Mandarin shows up at the foot of Swordsman's bed and changes the plan, insisting that he blow up everyone now in the hopes that that crazy Iron Man may show up to toast some marshmallows over the smoldering remnants of his mansion and Mandarin can finally kill him. Swordsman thinks the new plan is pretty whack. Mostly because he thinks Wanda is cute and it would be a shame to waste all that hot witch action. So he breaks back into the mansion to remove the bomb. Of course, the entire team waited up all night just in case something like this would happen and they catch Swordsman in the act. Lack of sleep leads to increased paranoia after all. The Avengers launch into Plan G, a carefully choreographed sequence where Quicksilver spins in circles, Scarlet Witch tosses out random hexes, and Cap and Hawkeye Launch stuff Eventually Like usual The ensuing chaos Provides Swordsman The opportunity to escape Swordsman looks down On the city Pondering his nebulous Hero villain status Mandarin fumes About failure And the world Is once again safe From nothing really The end
1: You know if You could Depant someone As part of the initiation When they get on the team I'm surprised Captain America Didn't make Rick a member (laughs) All this many issues ago
0: And there was that one issue Where Thor's pants Mysteriously disappeared too (laughs) Uh, Roll Call Uh, same heroes on the team Uh, there's a fake Iron Man image and technically well yeah Swordsman Who is a team member And then not In Avengers lore It doesn't count He's not actually A team member at this point This is not actually Swordsman's But
1: but it is Cap's kooky quintet For like (laughs) Like Two pages Yeah for like like (laughs) Ten pages in this issue Uh,
0: And the villain uh, Other than Swordsman Who we already know Is the Mandarin The Mandarin up to this point Has been exclusively An Iron Man villain He debuted in Tales of Suspense Number 50 In February 1964 So his history Is actually shorter Than the Avengers History itself Uh, In his first appearance He's already an established presence. The Red Chinese Army wants him to join with them. The U.S. government sends Iron Man to investigate him. Uh, It isn't until Tales of Suspense number 62 in February 1965... A few months before this issue That we get an origin story from Mandarin His family are direct descendants of Genghis Khan When his father died shortly after his birth He was left in his aunt's care His aunt, who's jealous of his family's wealth Decided to raise him as a big fat jerk After his fortune is taken away by the communists The Mandarin wanders around aimlessly Until he finds himself in the Valley of Spirits Which is some sort of ancient scary place That no one ever goes uh, Mandarin finds a dead dragon And a spaceship with a dragon shaped alien dude in it I believe they were called the Mac- Macluans. Yes uh, the dragon, dragon-like race of the uh, inside the ship he finds a power source that he somehow converts into 10 power rings that all do different things and he uses those rings to build a sort of kingdom for himself the mandarin obviously operates within china but he doesn't answer to the chinese government somehow
1: really and, and a lot of times they're kind of afraid of him mm-hmm. depending on the issue sometimes the government's afraid of him. they basically it seems like they leave him alone it's like he
0: staked out his own little city state yeah within so that he
1: doesn't try and take over the whole country they feel like they poke at him he'll
0: yeah because i like i said they tried to get him to join up and he's like no leave me alone That's that's all I really have on the Mandarin. He's not... I don't know why he's here, really. It doesn't
1: I, <laughs> make I, sense. I, I want to take a few minutes, if we can, to talk about the Mandarin. Sure. I like the Mandarin. I like the Mandarin a lot. Uh, I think he's cool. He's he's a martial artist, but I love his rings. I made little drawings of his hands. Oh, my God. You're yeah. not going to name off all the things okay. that are on there, are you? So, here we go. Oh, boy. We have a ring that produces cold, a ring that enables him to control people's minds, a ring that fires lightning, a ring that fires heat, and a ring that controls gravity. On the other hand... How does he keep these all straight? That's right. right. I'd be like, wow, <laughs> oh, dang it. And he, yeah, darn, that was the, yeah. He has a matter rearranger, That's an it. impact beam, a vortex beam, a disintegrator, and a ring that creates dark force.
0: You know what's interesting? I remember, um, you might remember these too, those weird stop motion cartoons the Marvel superhero stuff that came out in the 60s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They I were couldn't... basically
1: combo panels with just a little bit of animation. Yeah. I,
0: I have the whole set of them at home. They're, I'm sorry. I used to watch them, you know, get up at like 7.30 in the morning on a Saturday and they'd be on along with the early Spider-Man cartoons. And I swear, I remember Mandarin's rings being basic, like electricity and cold and fire and... Well, he has those, but he does have some that are a <laughs> little bit more than basic. So those all sound like... Well,
1: he's got really cold. Crazy. He's got cold electric heat. Matter rearranger on his thumb? Um, yeah, you accidentally bump that when you're getting some out of the refrigerator. Like, <laughs> I really like the Mandarin. I like villains that have a lot. Of, he has a lot of different powers. He ha, he does know martial arts. He's smart. I like that. But the Mandarin is incredibly problematic. For anyone who saw Iron Man three, you may have seen their attempt at the Mandarin. And I'm while well, I regret the fact that the Mandarin wasn't more threatening in that movie. At the same time, I understand why they maybe didn't want to go full on Mandarin because he could be considered I don't know offensive,
0: racist. When they
1: did they did an Iron Man cartoon in the 1990s, and in that. One uh, to make the Mandarin less racist, they called him green and made him look like Ming the Merciless. That apparently was less racist than making him Asian. I, I think the Mandarin can be Asian. You just can't. hear he's got the long mustache and he's yeah. got the. He's right on that line of yellow peril villains. He's yeah, not, he's the, not, the, not yellow... Quite the yellow claw. Yeah, he's not the yellow Chiu. claw, but <laughs> yeah, but he's but he's he's close enough that I know why people now are a little uncomfortable. He's probably not as
0: bad as the as the commissar was in our last episode. Oh no,
1: he's not. I uh, so you know, Quicksilver and Hawkeye are. are with Cap about who should be the leader. They are, not, Again. they are not wrong when they say that he always wants to go into battle and wants them to hold back. I, I sure, mentioned this in yeah. the last issue. They're not wrong when they say that. It is amusing in this, uh, in this issue... We'll see in the future. Pietro here says he's the calm, even-tempered one. (laughs) In the future, Pietro will not be the calm, even-tempered one. So, yeah, it's interesting to see how far his How much he (laughs) evolves. The Mandarin teleports a sourceman through molecular transjection. I don't... That's barely a word. I don't know what molecular transjection is. Well, evidently,
0: it's stronger than Hydra's displacer ray. Molecular transjection. There are a lot of machines and science in here that all do the same thing throughout these issues. Uh, And they really... You'd think they would have come up with some standard. I
1: really... If seem a little less yellow peril if they didn't have him saying ah so I really would like to have
0: a book with an Wait, ancient
1: character who doesn't say ah this
0: matter thing I mean compared to the Hydra one is it like VHS and beta is is it like disk well, this moves <laughs> an entire
1: person and he doesn't have to see him because the one the Hydra agents have, they have to aim oh, the letter like and shoot gun, it. Yeah. If Nick Greer would just shut the windows in his office, this wouldn't be an issue. The Quicksilver and Hawkeye have their little test where Quicksilver tries to outrun one of Hawkeye's arrows. So if you use a compound bow, the fastest you can shoot an arrow is about 200 miles per hour. Quicksilver can run at the speed of sound. Yeah. That's 768 miles per hour. He is over almost four times as fast as an arrow. Yeah, that wouldn't even have been close. They make this seem like it's like, Crooksober barely beats it.
0: Yeah, even in that panel. Like, the arrow's in the lead. It's in the lead. It's yeah. like, it would never be. He would have caught the thing. Yes. Or he would have just knocked it away. Or it's it ridiculous.
1: Out. I feel... Quicksilver's powers I think in these early issues are really really minimized. Is it the Superman syndrome where Superman started out as
0: just like leaping and then he flew? And... I guess
1: so but you know they never made Quicksilver it's not the Quicksilver I mean like
0: Quicksilver's has never been the flash. Yeah he's he never been the, the flash. the speed force where he can like stop time. And yeah, he yeah he doesn't
1: vibrate through objects he doesn't that's he not, not but he's faster I mean come on let him run faster than let him run the speed of sound I don't think that's asking too much. I like <laughs> the I like that the swordsman finally has powers. I like the swordsman as a character I I talked a little bit about it last issue but I like how they make him morally ambiguous he's not a good guy but he's not a horrible guy but I also like the fact that he now can do something and his sword basically is a mini version of the Mandarin's rings
0: yeah he doesn't the Mandarin doesn't really point out what's going on though he shows you the hilt there and it's got at least four buttons on that side and he shows him the lightning but then when he's actually fighting the Avengers he uses fire
1: (laughs) you mentioned that the swordsman picks the lock on the Avengers mansion with his sword that's what they tell you I don't know what is more offensive the idea that we are to believe that his sword is thin enough to pick that lock or that we were to believe that Avengers Mansion has locks because we have seen <laughs> I'm no not evidence sure they have doors we have seen <laughs> no evidence so far that this is true this isn't actually I really only have one more note on this story because this issue I don't think has a lot I mean it's got craziness but I don't feel like there was a lot here for me to pick apart and say I actually like this plot this is not a bad plot for the Mandarin to sneak an agent onto the Avengers it, let, me, let, me be, let me be clear this is not necessarily this is something of a cliched plot though I don't know how cliched was back in 1965 but for the Mandarin to sneak a bad guy onto the Avengers team and for that bad guy to work with the team for a while and grow to respect them it's kind of like Wonder Man but it feels, to me, this feels more modern. This feels like it's this close to being a more modern type of comic book. The, the big difference is if this storyline was done now, this would be stretched out to like six issues. And I think it should be stretched out to six issues. I want to see the Swordsman with the Avengers. I would have loved to see these five characters go on some missions together. Right. see love that trust. What, what's the interaction yeah. around them like? How do you know? Let's see the Swordsman use his powers. Let's see how he interacts with these people. Are friendships formed? I mean, as you say right now he seems like he doesn't want to follow through with the Mandarin's plot because of Scarlett is cute. But is there something more? Does he well, Oh no, that's what he says actually. <laughs> but you know, if we'd have seen <laughs> that's them all together there is to it. <laughs> if we'd seen them together, I mean he and Hawkeye were, were mentor and, and mentee, would that relationship come back? Would he get close to Scarletch or Captain, you know?
0: Or would Hawkeye turn his conflict towards swordsman instead of towards Captain? I would have liked to have seen it. I actually would have would have My only problem with the plot in general, and I mentioned is my synopsis is that it's Mandarin. The Iron Man's not on the team anymore. It seems like a stretch to have Mandarin be the bad guy. It seems like this would have been something that Baron Zemo would have done if he wasn't under a pile of rocks. Uh,
1: this has this is not in my notes, and you can cut it all if you want to. But I just noticed this is so 1960s, where we see the swordsman in his underwear because uh, he the Mandarin is in, the, in his bedroom. Yeah. The Mandarin wakes him up to basically be like, "We're changing the plan." Is the Mandarin actually there? I don't think Did he so. uses
0: ray, or is that just like uh, an image projector? <laughs> I think it's like yeah. He has Tony Stark's image projected. Oh, yeah, because then he just kind of disappears. I want to
1: point out, the swordsman, no shirt on, no nipples. No he, chest hair, no nothing. Men, I, he is a Ken doll. Men in the 1960s Marvel, they, well, 1960s period, had no secondary sexual characteristics. Men were just, they were Ken dolls, as you say. You know what's really weird?
0: Those of you draw nipples on, I mean, just they just look strange. Well, they would if
1: you drew them like that. But if you, if I mean, if if artists that are drawing... I'm not, look, this is... I don't even... Do they still even in current markets? Yes, they do. Do they? Yes. Artists mm-hmm. will actually... Because what they've done here is they just... It's not that important. I just... I find it interesting. To me, it's very 1960s. They waxed his nipples right off the <laughs> board. Because that's what you did. All right. I, got, I have nothing else about this about this issue until we get to the letters page. I, the only dumb thing I want to say is, why does Mandarin wear a mask? That <laughs> mask doesn't mean... Even... <laughs> It doesn't even cover his <laughs> eyes. It's like a, it's
0: like an, an opposite mask. It, Wait, which, which, which stereotypical Asian villain am I fighting? this mask is wide open. I took a picture of it for the Instagram page. It's just wide open
1: mask. His eyes are right. He might. It's it's like where, It's like
0: having a mustache, and he already has one, one of those. So I don't
1: understand. That is not the Mandarin's best costume. No. Let's best say best. the Mandarin will get better costumes in the
0: future. He looks better without the mask. With well, just like the long hair and the like longer goatee. I don't he's know. A older. Iron or doesn't honey. he get his, his hands cut off at some point? and has like dragon hands and
1: remember that like his son takes over I know his son takes over he's more of a
0: quiet uh, business type kind of
1: guy in John Byrne when John Byrne wrote Iron Man and Paul Ryan penciled it Mm. they put him in um, or maybe it was John Rita Jr. anyway they put him in these robes Mm. that looked really cool I like them quite a bit. Mm. Anywho. Letters page. A letter writer suggests that they change the name of the letters page to Avengers Assemble, and it is done. New name for the letters page. <laughs> One letter writer thinks Marvel magazines would do more to help those under communist rule than anything else. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm not sure that's correct. I don't know. Maybe if you talk to people under despotic rulership and you said, what would you like? Food? Freedom? medical supplies or do you want
0: Captain America to come in and take out that evil robot you, that's rolling over you well that's not even
1: what they're, he's saying he's saying well do you want a stack of Avengers comics they can burn those <laughs> <laughs> you can cook them otherwise they've got
0: nothing else Uh, someone rips them for changing the lineup Uh, I mean it's kind of a a thing for these first few issues yeah which is to be expected and then the guy gets all aggro and he points out that all the letters in the letters column are positive and gushing and he assumes his will be censored and just you know a sign of things to come
1: yeah
0: (laughs) and the other one I have is someone suggests rehabbing Black Widow and having her join the team
1: that's (laughs) a stupid idea foreshadowing stupid she'll never join the team (laughs) they know she's a girl right
0: yeah they get two girls. girls on the team Team. That's crazy.
1: MVP for me is still Cap because I still like himself flinging himself to his death. Yeah, I'm the totally other—I mean, the other team members just kind of do the same thing that
0: they've been doing the last few issues. They kind of back Cap up, really. I mean, there's nice teamwork, but yeah, he's the one
1: leading it. Who's your useless character? It's Iron Man because he comes and he tells them to have Swordsman join the team. What a traitor! It's Scarlet Witch. Come on. Yeah, well, she really doesn't do anything. To yeah, she'll pop some what? rivets. That's about it. Well, and she makes the swordsman fall in love with her so that he won't blow up the team. Yeah, but that's just any
0: girl in Marvel Comics can do that. You could just stand there.
1: Avengers level threat? It, it's Getting better. But, We're
0: getting closer. But still probably not. It's no. still a one man thing.
1: Yeah, because the man if the Mandarin was more actively involved in this, yeah. then
0: yes. But yeah. he's really not. If the Mandarin would have used any of his rings other than using, did he, he used them to open the doors in his castle. I yeah, pretty much well, He, he just, can't touch anything. He's a germ phobe or something. Can't
1: touch this. His speed <laughs> was really long. Maybe he's like Howard Hughes. Do we see his they? Tissue boxes yeah. on it? Yeah, and he's
0: got jars of urine in his
1: bedroom. Um, that's, I, I've got, I gave it a C. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's probably C, C, plus somewhere in there. Not the same as last time. So it's been 20 issues. It has been. What have we learned about the Avengers
0: as a team? Um, they don't do well when there's women around. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, they have ID cards, we know that.
1: Yeah, and the ID cards give them special privileges. We We don't really know what those special privileges are, though we did see in issue number five that the army was willing to stand aside with them because of their, of their privileges right we know
0: we know they have some sort of weird government authority but we're not quite sure what that is yet yes we, they have been invited to the Pentagon they've been invited to the UN I believe at this point
1: now. I don't think they ever went well, to the, the UN.
0: UN but yeah they've been invited to government meetings special red alert meetings whatever those things were
1: yeah they have a relationship with the government we know that the government will run will run security checks for them
0: they are looked favorably upon generally by the government unless no. you know they threaten to take over the government and then the government turns on yeah, they the don't like gun. that
1: <laughs> do not like that.
0: Who would have thought? Uh, what else do we know? They have a computer in their basement that keeps track of criminals. We know that. They have a d- danger room thing that. We know yet. that
1: <laughs> that under the old guard they had a rotating chairman, but the Cap is now the. He is called the leader pro tem, which which literally means leader for the time being. But basi- w- weren't any of
0: them that, that then? You would think.
1: <laughs> but basically, Captain America is their permanent leader at the moment. <laughs> he's, a, he's, the, he's temporarily their permanent leader.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's no. I, like I had said last episode, there's um, there's bylaws of some sort. We don't we know, know what there's bylaws.
1: We know that there's some sort of test when you become a member. Because had to go through them,
0: but we don't know what it is. We've never seen it. Is there an application? Yeah, it, we don't know anything. About references, it. obviously not, because they'll let anybody in. They were willing to let uh, Wonder Man join. They let Swordsman join just because he said he wanted to.
1: It seems like the initiation test came after Wonder Man, and maybe that's why. Because they're first mentioned when spite when, when Robo Spider Man wants to join. Oh right. So maybe after. Wonder Man, they're like, you know what, we should really get a little bit more serious about this. Let's put some tests in place, let's do some security checks.
0: I think their test is, if you can break into a vendor's mansion, we will offer you a membership. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, this seems to
0: be what it's turned into.
1: But by the same token, what's interesting, they, they want security checks, but are they lucky that their three new members don't have secret identities? Because... How do they run security checks on... How would they run one on Spider-Man unless he said I'm Peter Parker? Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I mean, eventually the, eventually we will have an issue where they explain to us how they do security checks for people who keep their identity a secret. But at this point in time, I'm not sure. We, of course, they, they do it one on the Swordsman and they don't know his secret identity. We, we know that...
0: Yeah, how did they do that? How did they look I guess it? they just
1: typed in Swordsman. That's really weird.
0: Someone named Swordsman has been exiled from 12 countries. We, we know they have a meeting table, and we know that Giant Man has a giant chair to sit at. <laughs> Wonder what they did that in storage, I guess. <laughs> he probably took it with him. But <laughs> <laughs> we can sit anywhere in Giant Size at the mall food court.
1: We know that Tony Stark gives the team money yeah. and his mansion, right. and we know that at this point in time, all the team members live at the mansion. The mansion is always staffed, and it used to be with the old Avengers that you didn't have to have someone to the mansion all the time because nobody lived there. But now, they're always. Always has to be an Avenger on call at the mansion. Is that a thing? That's what that they art? said, yeah. Huh. Unless they're all on a mission together, one of them has to be on, on coal.
0: The Justice League did that a lot, didn't they have someone for, when they had the satellite, someone when they on the duty yes. all the time.
1: So, that's basically what we know about from this point in time.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that uh, that Tony Stark hasn't even been around no, he to, no. to, you know, show weird machines that would coincidentally help them in whatever plot was going on that that week or month. But evidently, <laughs> they have access to laboratories because that yes. guy was working yeah. on his arrows like all super scientists do.
1: And apparently, they also have some sort of they have one ton safes up on upper floors of the mansion that they
0: shove out windows
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness those poor people that died who keeps a safe up on the top floor that's ridiculous and he's gonna get moving men to to replace I'm like (laughs) dude you've got the strongest human in the world on your team Make you're supposed to be all strong can't the two of you take a safe up there poor moving men one ton safe they're gonna break their backs that's it right that's pretty much it it's still
0: an unofficial organization
1: it's still well it's Still somewhat unofficial. Again, there's ties to the government. But we're not really sure what they are. There's they a have, name that
0: they, the big wop came up with.
1: They have bylaws. <laughs> there's the beginning. of I want to
0: see Iron Man break out the binders so that I have all the bylaws in them. You know
1: that would be Captain America who would do that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. He's anal enough.
1: But we, we we are beginning to see a little bit of what they can do, of, of of what their procedures are. That's that's it. I I don't have anything else. No, I don't okay. either. Next episode, we'll be looking at the next two two issues, twenty one and twenty two, which features the return of the an changes. old
0: villain. Sorry, Way.
1: And the introduction of a new villain. Who's
0: kind of like an old one.
1: He's brought about Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
0: You can send us emails please at mail at avenginghour.com You can find us on Instagram and Twitter Twitter at avenginghour
1: and our website is avenginghour.com And if you've got nothing else to do and you're like your, you know I have like five minutes what could I do? You could go to iTunes and leave us a five star review. That's a wonderful use of your time.
0: And we'll send you a dollar. No, we won't. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> do you have
1: um, PayPal?
0: Maybe we, we will. will. We'll say on the next episode that we're going to send you a dollar and then we won't do it. And you'll get a no prize that's not anything.
1: I am almost (laughs) positive the next two issues are better. Better than what? The
0: last two issues. Than the two we just had or the two from the episode before this Both. Okay. All right. Fair enough.
1: We're getting into... You know what, Jason? We're getting into some
0: good issues. (laughs) Hey, watch it. Things are going to get better. (laughs) Things are going to change. I can feel it. I can tell. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. He's Jason. I'm waving. Bye-bye. Bye.